0: Pooka appears here and there, now and then, to this one and that one, a
1: benign but mischievous creature, very fond of rum pots, crack pots, and how are you, Mr. Wilson? Where laughter was king on the edge of space. Ludicrous speed, go! We'll get together, have a few left. of the universe. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cinemasters of the Universe podcast. To the I wild, heard... wild west. <laughs> Don't you dare interrupt me, boy. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, the host to the left, the one who drinks, Ron Avis, and my co-host to the north. That would be me, Adam Peterson, and I know some things. Yes, right. He's joining me as usual. And together, we make two of the unknown elements of Captain Planet. Yes.
0: <laughs> as long as I'm not hard. Even though I'd get a monkey, I don't no, want to be hard. No,
1: no, no. You're, you're like knowledge, and I'm like, Booze. <laughs>
0: Those are the lesser-known planeteers. <laughs> yeah, they really are. Knowledge they... and booze. <laughs> Knowledge and booze.
1: <laughs> oh, my Lord. That would be amazing. Absolutely We'd amazing. be pretty great planeteers. <laughs> <laughs> we would be. We would be. What would our symbols be? I mean, I guess yours would just be like a brain, <clears throat> and mine would just be like a, a disoriented, you know, little dude, like, stumbling. <laughs>
0: I'd I'd, no, you know, no. I'd keep pointing out inaccuracies in all of the things that we're doing. It's like, I don't see how this is uh, saving the environment, guys. And then you just take like a, right. take like a bottle of something and smash it on the ground. We're like, yeah, that's, that's right. a bunch of horseshit. <laughs> start talking about all I want to pick a fight. <laughs> oh, and then God. Wheeler learn his firing. He'd get all, "What you want to start a fight? <laughs> oh, is America. there's America, right?" <laughs>
1: Let me see some papers, Just Russian girl. Poll- polluting, crazy kids, bastards. Oh uh, no, no. But um, if you if you clicked on this episode, you may be a little bit uh, curious as to what the hell. What are we even doing here? Movie uh, we're talking about here? Because you know you 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 happen to pick a seventy one year old black and white movie. I did. <laughs> An oldie but a goodie. Yeah, and I'll leave it a goodie. Harvey from 1950. I uh, got a runtime of 104 minutes, starring your boy Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. And uh, this is the second of four movies that we're t- going to be talking about for February, which we're just sort of deeming uh, movies we have a love affair with. Yes. And uh, last week I picked Hot Rod, and that was a a blast. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, that was the first episode you had ever edited, put together, and, uh, you know, cheers to you. That that, were, that went really well. Yes. It sounded great. I was I just mean, shooting for hopefully this doesn't suck. Oh, I mean, that's kind of what I usually, that's my standard.
0: That's the bar that I set. <laughs> the bar for most things in my life is literally just like sitting on the floor. It's like, eh, yeah. at least we should be able to make it over that, I think.
1: As long as it's not rotting and smelling bad. Yeah. So since this is your flick, and what we've been doing here recently is, you know, we we take turns picking a flick, uh, and whoever picks the flick gets to drive the podcast mobile. Yes, and uh, that would be you this week. That's me. So I'm going to let you take it away, and you 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 steer the conversation however you see fit. Doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be exactly the way I do it, uh, but. You know, I I will just let you take over from here. I'm I'm gonna sit back in the passenger seat and uh, play with the radio. <laughs> sit back and relax. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so Harvey, um, this this is uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. Clearly, it's it's one of those when you say we're doing movies we love, and I get two picks. That's a that's a hard that's a hard road to to walk down. You know, there's a lot of movies out there that I really love, and so. Um, I had to, I had to really kind of think about it and I was like, you know, I, I, you know, as much as we talk about Jimmy Stewart, I feel like I would just be doing him a huge disservice if I didn't, if I didn't pay homage to, uh, to him and his legacy. And so, um, Harvey, I don't, I don't even remember the first time I saw it, I've probably seen it more than a hundred times in my life cause I just, I enjoy it as much as I do. Um, so I I knew when we were like, all right, let's do movies, movies we love, movies we have a love affair with. I was like, I've loved this movie for a long time. So, uh, there's a lot of movies Absolutely. can go with. So I was like, oh, yeah, Harvey. if you,
1: if you count all of the movies, you know, picking just two, I mean, is, is hard. It is. It's, it's not an it's easy just, one. It's a toughie. And if we're counting, if, if the listeners are counting at home, um, or if they're not counting at home, how many, how many would you say that we've done now as far as James Stewart movies go that we've really discussed, you know, featured?
0: Um, I know uh, three off the top of my head um, uh-huh. that we've. I mean, like we when we did Rear Window, and then we did, I did That's right, the man who shot Liberty Valance. That was one of my. That's two. Uh, That's right. I'm trying to think of other ones. Um, if we would have done Christmas, I would have done It's Wonderful Life* because it's my favorite Christmas right. movie. Right. Um, right. I'm trying to think. So this
1: is for sure the third. Yeah,
0: at least the third. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that that's pretty cool. I mean, we're for for listeners, uh, for younger listeners. You're you know you we're we're taking you back. We're kind of giving you a little bit of a, a history lesson. Back of, in the day.
0: Um, yeah, back pre-color. Yes, <laughs> the world was just in black and white. That's right. It was a weird time and, to be alive,
1: and I, I still have yet to see the man who shot Liberty Valance. But uh, Rare Window, uh, I'm not at all upset that I watched that. That was really enjoyable. It's and I watched this one obviously, so I can ha- I can contribute to the conversation
0: <laughs> <laughs> and not completely leave you on an island. I I have I have plenty plenty of others that we can use in the future. There's th- yeah uh, three other. Hitchcock films that he was in, um, uh, the Glenn Miller story, Mister Smith goes to Washington, Mister Hobbs takes a vacation. There's plenty of Jimmy Stewart movies. Uh, Anatomy of a Murder, great. Plenty movies. of Jimmy. Plenty, plenty of, Jimmy. of Jimmy. I've got plenty of Jimmy to go.
1: Yeah. But so you you had mentioned before that this was um, one of your mom's favorite movies.
0: Yeah, I that, think that was where that was where I was first introduced to Harvey. Yeah. Yeah, my mom. She's my mom's. Uh, loves old black and white movies. And that's probably where, um, especially growing up, because when I was a kid, it was one of those things where you know there was a lot of begrudgingly watching stuff. Some of it was you know just for whatever reason it would click, but I mean when you're when you're a kid, black and white movies, even when when I was a kid, was still not like oh this is boring. It's like it's black and white, yeah. it's not even color. Ugh.
1: But yeah, um, unless it was like the, the Little Rascals yeah. or the Three Stooges or something, it was hard to watch.
0: But, well, and and one of the things, because I know I've talked about this, especially with movies in the 60s, but if, I mean, 50s definitely fit in the same category, is when you're talking about movies from that era of life, um, they're, they're very different in a lot of ways. I mean, it has to be driven a lot by dialogue. I mean, you don't have, yeah. dialogue and set are kind of the two, you know, you have the acting abilities of whoever's on stage or on screen, but... You don't have a lot of things that you're going to be able to add in at a later point. I was like, "Oh, we'll just we'll add that pair in and, in uh, post production. We'll just make a CGI pair." <laughs> a little George Lucas <sighs> act magic ah, there. Love to get a little jab in at
1: George. Well, you said stage, was not this actually is uh, from a stage? It was yes. Play. It's a play, right? Yes. Originally,
0: yeah. One of uh, one of the writers, she actually, uh, uh, Mary Chase, was the writer of the play. She also uh, helped convert it into um, a screenplay, uh, so she mm-hmm. was credited as one of the writers of the the film as well. Nice. Um, and uh, so, and it's one of those like I, I like there. There are times when you're watching this movie that you can tell uh, that it was adapted, just the way that uh, you know the way that a, a stage production of something goes. There are a lot of times where when you're watching a movie uh, that you know was adapted from a play. Um, it, it, sometimes it's on purpose, sometimes it's just because of the limitations of, I remember when I saw Fences with, uh, Denzel Washington and, mm-hmm. uh, oh, what's her name? I just lost her name. Uh, she won the Academy Award for it for Best Supporting Actress. Viola Davis. Um, Sandy Duncan? Yes, Sandy Duncan. <laughs> of, uh, Wheat Thins commercials. <laughs> with her glass eye.
1: What? She has a glass eye. Yes,
0: one of her eyes is a glass eye. Oh my god. I I never knew. You just that learned from a from about Sandy Duncan at about 10. Oh my cycles. god. I'll
1: never I'll never watch the Hogans again without. It's Sandy Duncan F- like blast. zeroing in on that eye. Yep. glass <laughs> eye. Is it the left eye or the right eye? <laughs>
0: I want to say it's the left eye, but I'm Got not 100% it. sure. Got it. Okay. Yep. But uh about, I, I've been watching a lot of 80s sitcoms here recently. There's nothing wrong with that. When no. You, when you told me you were watching Family Ties the other day, <laughs> yes. there, was, there was a period of time when I was in my early 20s and I was still living at uh, home. I got yeah. myself on probably one of the weirdest sleep schedules I've ever been on where I was intentionally waking up at four in the morning to watch Family Ties. I'm going to tell you, Family Ties
1: really holds up well. I went all the way through Cheers, and I thought that held up pretty well. Yes, uh, Family Ties actually holds up a bit, a lot more because in today's climate, you know, you have like this kind of um, sort of. Well, I mean, when 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 Family Ties was popular in the eighties, there was for sure, um, um, you know, like eighties was all about greed and you know Reaganomics, and yes. Alex P. Keaton for sure personified that character, but. His mom and dad were like these liberal they were the hippies, you know, yeah, they were the hippies, so they you know you you get their perspective, really kind of feels like kind of like you know more modern. And then Alex kind of comes across as like the evil douchebag. <laughs> but what he was obviously you, the star <laughs> He's he's the star of the show. Especially after like season two or three when they realize that and they focus less on like Elise and, and uh uh oh crap. What's the freaking dad's name? Michael Gross, I can't think of his Steven? Steven, yeah, yeah. Steven. They focus a little bit less on them and just it's just like every episode's a Alex P. Keaton episode. <laughs>
0: He was a rising but, star.
1: Yeah, but that that show like really holds up well. Like it's still pretty damn funny, which is great to me. Uh but yeah, the Hogans. I might have to check the Hogan family out. Get a get a good look at that glass. And
0: you get some <laughs> Jason Bateman along the way too. Oh, That's hell yeah, Jason Bateman.
1: Mm-mm. Okay. So um but yeah, we we were talking about <laughs> <laughs> We were talking about, we were talking about Harvey. We Got
0: we got Sandy. We were Duncan. talking about Harvey. We got on Sandy. Sandy Duncan, though. I mean, if Sandy Duncan, if you're going to get on a oh,
1: no, no, no. You were talking about uh, Fences. Yes. Fe- yeah. Oh, yes, fences. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry.
0: Oh. Well, fe- fences. I, I remember watching Fences in theaters, and uh, in theater, I only went and saw it once. I didn't go to multiple theaters to see it. Um, <laughs> wow. uh, one time was enough. Um, it was good. I'm not yeah. saying it wasn't good. I was just you, saying, sure, I, sure. It was not. I need to go see this in a different theater. It was the one theater was fine. <laughs> um, but it was just the, the way that I felt like they used uh, this the, um, the setting for it felt very much like they were trying to stay as true to what would have been the, uh, the stage for a play. It felt very much like that, like they really confined themselves to kind of a couple of areas. Um, well, I, I did notice
1: in the opening credit scenes of, uh, or the opening, you know, like the opening credits and, and in the older movies, they used to always have like a five minute opening credit sequence, yeah. you know, with all the, all the actors and producers, directors. And then I did catch that it was, a, uh, based on a, on a play. Yes. And so like that was in my head and I did like, especially like in the early scenes with the dinner party and thing like that. I mean that, and, and the bars, the bar yeah, stuff Charlie's. later on like that. Yeah, that that's totally like you could see that in a stage play. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, and it was it, it was um, in that respect it was nice because it's, uh, I think that's one of those things where um, when you don't rely too heavily on the setting, when the setting is just okay, this is really just where we're going to be delivering the lines. Because I think one of a couple of my favorite scenes. Um, just kind of jumping ahead, one of, one of my favorite scenes is in the alleyway towards the end of the movie, and it's be- mm-hmm. because the dialogue is just so fantastic. The uh, the monologue that Jimmy Stewart gives, he has a couple of them in in the alleyway, are just really well done, and it's just that, that whole setting. It's like <clears throat> it's just a simple alleyway, but you get so much out of it. And I was, I, I think that's one of those things that I, one of the things that I do appreciate about old movies is. When you're watching a really good old movie, it's because the actors have taken whatever the dialogue and and made it timeless. They've made it to where 71 years later you can still watch and say, oh, this is a really good movie. This holds up. This is something I enjoyed. Not- I definitely have some observations that I was surprised.
1: Uh, I, I I didn't go into this movie knowing it was made in 1950. I kind of like noticed that after the fact and was yeah. surprised. I was like, wow, this is... 1950, I mean, this is one year shy of the 40s. This is incredible. Yeah, like, We we just fought and won World War II just a few years prior to yeah. this movie's
0: release. And Jimmy Stewart was
1: in that war. And Jimmy was in that war. Now, is this Jimmy's first big movie role? Is this like, or even is this like his debut? Because he looks so young in this movie.
0: Let me see here.
1: I mean, opposed to what I'm used to seeing Jimmy Stewart. Like, I'm used to seeing Jimmy Stewart a bit older. Yeah. He he looks like a young
0: man in this movie, you know? He he does have that, that kind of a, a younger sheen to him. Let's see. Here. Yeah. He, he
1: kind of looks like f- a young George Clooney in, in this movie, you know yeah, I mean? Like, right when the salt and pepper was just starting to come in, but he still had mostly black hair, but it was just a little bit... That's kind of what it reminded me. Like he's he's not a young man, but he's he
0: he's younger than I've ever seen him. Yeah, it's 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 funny. Like when you go back and you look at this, you're like, Jimmy Stewart first started m- making movies in 1935. Okay, <laughs> um, but a, because it's like there's uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington, which is a Frank Capra movie he did in 1939. The Shop Around wow. the Corner, which was. Uh, uh, an adaptation of the same thing that uh, they did. You've got mail. Um, yeah, that was uh, 1940. Philadelphia Story, um, which I think, yeah, I think he he won his uh, Academy. He won an Academy Award for Philadelphia Story. That was 1940. Um, okay, but yeah, so he's, 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 he's a
1: veteran that. at really at this point, really.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he's he's got that uh, he's got that look um, that until like it feels like I mean once you get to um because he i mean he made movies all the way up until the early 90s when he did wiley burp in five will goes west i mean he wasn't acting he was yeah. just voice acting but right when you get into some of the so when you see him from like when he was an old man i mean even in the 70s when because they uh they redid um harvey in 1972 i think um and he and he played he was in it again um But uh, you can tell when he really started to age, it was just such a difference because he had just – I mean, they were like – Now,
1: was he Elwood P. Dowd again?
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Let's see here. I think it was 1972. Uh
1: you would, you would think that they would have casted him as, yeah, you know, maybe one of the doctors or something, you know, like maybe not the exact same character.
0: Dr. Chumley? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, Dr. Chumley. He it, would have been that age. If you watch it in 1972, um, you can see the age difference. I yeah, mean, it's 22 years, so, I mean, you'd, you'd- Right. Like, unless he'd made some kind of deal with Satan, you know, like, oh, wow, yeah. he still looks like he did in 1950. Incredible. Um, but yeah, he uh he's and I I think I think that youthfulness to his look really just I mean it kind of adds to the overall appeal of his character because he really is um like uh it was, it's funny cuz doing I mean doing kind of the rundown of the uh you know some of the the normal stuff which I didn't find any box office records um I don't know the the closest thing I got was it made two point six million dollars based on U.S. rentals, and I don't even know what period of time it was. But Box Office right. Mojo didn't have anything as far as I mean, it's nineteen fifty, so I don't know. I mean,
1: I know, yeah, <clears throat> that, that would I know I saw that it was released on December twenty first. Yeah, that's really all of the, you know, because like we we do we like to talk about like you know release runtime how what was the budget how much did it gross that kind of thing yeah but
0: just that because those are things I mean they add. Um, a little bit of statistic value, statistical value. Yeah, a little to, texture. Yeah, just I mean, how you know, what was the movie a success? Because, uh, because I mean, we've we've done a lot of movies. I mean, when we were talking about um, Hot Hot Rod last week, it's like it wasn't necessarily a huge success, but it has a pretty substantial cult following, even you know, right. almost fifteen years after it came out in theaters. Yeah, Hot Rod was really critically
1: and financially uh, disappointing.
0: Yeah. But I mean, we've we've done all kinds of movies that we both really enjoy, yeah. that weren't huge successes at the box office, and and some right. some movies, some movies just really don't hit their stride until you know their their proper fan base is in order. I mean, some of them have it from from the onset, but some some movies really yeah. like just tank, and then years later, that's when they really get their following. Um, well, some movies are just ahead of their time. Yeah, really, exactly. Um, but, uh, w- when I was, um, going through, uh, some of the, uh, cause I didn't, I didn't even realize, um, like, uh, this, uh, this movie had been nominated for two Academy Awards. Hmm. Uh, Josephine Hull, who played Vita, uh, his hmm. sister, she actually, she won for, uh, actress in a supporting role. Jimmy Stewart hmm. was, he was, um, uh, nominated for actor in a lead role he lost to uh jose ferrer i don't know there's probably some fancy pronunciation because there were little marks on it uh but he was in yeah. oh the pressure. little accent marks yeah ah. I, was like, I, I don't know how to do that i'm sorry <laughs> i can't it's america <laughs> it's america i'm talk american that's how i talk I do that's <laughs> um, right but yeah i mean you know some of um some of the, the, the nuts and bolts uh, of the film, uh, you know, that's, we like to go over that stuff. Like, um, I, I really, uh, I was surprised. I think I was mostly surprised when I was looking at the Golden Globe uh, nominations. Uh, again, Josephine Hall won for Best Supporting Actress. Um, Jimmy mm-hmm. Stewart was nominated for Best Actor in a Drama and lost to that same guy from Cyrano de Bergerac. And the movie itself was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture Drama. And it's, it's funny because, like, when I was trying to think of how to describe the movie, I, I mean, I guess it fits into the category of a drama. But it's when I was like, at the same time, I'm like, eh, you know, I feel like there's enough comedic elements to it. I wouldn't necessarily just go calling it a comedy either. It feels like it's kind of a good mix of the two. It feels like there's enough levity in the film, enough, you know, lightheartedness that it's it doesn't feel just like it's straight drama, especially because for the time... A lot of drama movies really relied on on heavy drama to make sure you understood. This movie is dramatic. Um, I so. I don't want to jump
1: ahead an, uh, at all, but I mean when when you think about because I agree. Like what 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 uh, genre does this movie fit under? Because it starts off very comedic in nature, yeah. But I think by the time you get towards the end, things get kind of eerie. <laughs> there, to me, a little bit like it. It 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 almost takes like a hmm, like a like a uh, gosh Alfred Hitchcockian kind of turn in a way. I don't know. There's there's a supernatural element to it, yeah, which I liked a lot. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to see anything like that, but I mean, we can talk about it too. Like, I mean, I mean, I, maybe it's my dark nature that's framing it that way. You, you could also look at it in a very silly way like a like cartoony sort of way but it takes a turn at one point in the movie and at which point in the movie I started to get really invested in it that I really wasn't expecting <laughs> but we, 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 we can definitely get into that a bit more later and I'd also be curious how they if it if that same tone is is present in the 70s version because in the 70s you know you you can get a bit more you know, risque. I guess. Yeah. You 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 know there there's a bit more you can do.
0: Well, and that like in because I mean we, we talk about before when <clears throat> rewatching things, uh, especially for for the podcast, and really anytime I rewatch something, um, unless it's just something I put on for you know background noise or or you know just to kind of casually enjoy while I'm doing something else. If I'm sitting down to watch a movie that I've watched before, a lot of times I'll try and take the opportunity um, to try and notice things. It's like, okay, I know what the plot is, I know what's going to be happening in the scene, so I don't have to pay attention intently to you know the the acting or the dialogue or this or that. I can kind of scan the scene to see, okay, is there was there any kind of stylistic things they did with uh, with lighting or with how they dressed the set or things like that that added extra layers to it so I, i'm always trying to kind of take something away from it And i think one of the things that in to to a little bit of you uh, the credit what you're saying there um there it's it's not glossed over because it is a major plot point but i think it was one of those things where like i i really paid more attention to to the idea um of uh the fact that i mean the drive of the film is is that uh um, his sister wants to have him committed to this mm-hmm. mental institution. Yeah. And we, we dance around that as, as the plot point. And there are, there's kind of, you know, the, oh, there's, there's that. I think what lends itself towards the comedy is the fact that everyone's talking over one another. So that, you know, that's what creates the confusion between who's actually crazy. Is it Vita or is it Elwood? is because no one will just listen to Elwood. Everybody keeps interrupting him. So there's this comedic element yeah. in the dialogue. It's like when you come back to it towards the end when they're getting ready to give him the the serum and he's going to stay there, it's like, okay, you're really ready to commit your brother to a sanitarium yeah. indefinitely, yeah. pretty much.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty dark thing to do, yeah. to, to commit. And you think about uh, you know, 70 years ago, um, being committed... Like psycholo- like psychology is very different nowadays. Yeah. Like you, you can you can get committed and be forever, you know, yeah. strapped in a jacket and spend the rest of your days in a you know quote unquote nut house. You know, like oh yeah, they actually call it a nut house at one point. And uh, I mean, that's a really dark thing to do to commit your brother. <laughs>
0: there, there was a movie um, Steven Soderbergh did a couple years ago called Unsane. And yeah, I remember you mentioning that before. It, it was, yeah. it was pretty interesting. It was, it was um, uh, forget, uh, the, the girl, uh, Claire Foy, uh, she was the lead in it mm. uh, and, um, she's got all this anxiety and she ends up, she checks herself into a mental institution. Um, she does so voluntarily and I think it's supposed to be for 24 hours, 48 hours, 72. It was, it was max 72, but I want to say it yeah. was maybe 24 but the thing is, what happens is she gets herself in, she decides, oh no, I don't want to do this, but she can't leave because yeah. she's volunteered to be in for a certain amount of time. And in that time, in that time frame, there's kind of this, um, you know, we're going to drug you up. And then if we come up with, you know, if during that time we realize, oh wait, you should be here longer, we can, mm-hmm. we can voluntarily, we can involuntarily extend yeah. your stay as long as, nece- as we deem necessary. So, yeah, to to so
1: to, to to voluntarily give up your freedoms, knowing that, you know, you could have second thoughts, but if they if they think they see something, they can yeah. essentially lock you away. and yeah. Your freedoms are gone, you
0: know. <laughs> and that could never, and it, it could, it could, it could never change. It could say, nope, nope, you're not well. Here's why. And yeah, I don't like thinking about that. <laughs> that's kind of a that's it's kind a, of a scary thought. It is. It's a it's a creepy and insane was a very uh, unnerving movie. It was good. I yeah. enjoyed it. Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, he filmed it on an iPhone, which they say that, but it's not like he was running around like taking videos on his iPhone as on all these big fancy rigs with all.
1: Yeah, I've it. seen I've seen behind the f- scenes. Footage of films being made with iPhones, and they're using like cranes and shit. Like, I mean, it is an iPhone, but they're using like we filmed this on an
0: iPhone. It's like, yeah, Yeah. you weren't running through an airport. Like, hey, look, he's got a dog (laughs) face. It's this funny filter. It's like, no, you had it rigged to like eight eighty-five thousand dollars worth of equipment around an iPhone. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I know. I like that. So maybe let's take that. Take a step or two back from, we filmed this on an iPhone. Right. Technically, yes. Yes, I'll but... give you technically. <laughs> but there was a lot of other stuff involved, too.
1: How much was that gimbal that it's strapped to? How much did that cost?
0: It's like, oh, is that, uh, is that one of those harnesses that uh, there's you can move wherever? Is oh, that a steady cam yeah, with an iPhone taped oh, yeah. to it? <laughs> you guys are just amateur filmmakers, aren't you? Look uh-huh. at you. <laughs> this is like the Blair Witch all over again, pretty much.
1: Oh. Oh. What's well, see. Uh-oh. So you, you, you've kind of touched on it. Like, what? What's like uh, the general synopsis? I mean, I, I guess you've kind of danced around it a little bit. Um, how how should
0: do, I mean? Do you want to talk about the characters? Uh, yeah, I'll jump. I'll jump back. Let's see. Okay, so um, uh, the. The movie was directed by um, Henry Costner. Um He also did Mr. Hobbs Takes a Vacation, which was another Jim okay. Stewart movie. Oh, okay. Um, he did the movie Mr. Belvedere Rings the Bell, which I wanted to mention just because the character in that movie is the same one that the TV show from the 80s was based on, that same Mr. Belvedere. Oh, fantastic. <clears throat> um, he also directed The Bishop Was Wesley ring? in that by any chance? If he wasn't, he should have been. Because he have. Wesley was... He, w- Wesley uh Bryce what, what was Bryce's last name dang it
1: yeah speaking of binging 80 shows you you have watched the entirety
0: of oh, Mr. oh many times many many times <laughs> I have the first four seasons there's six seasons of the first four on the official uh released dvds and then I have all six seasons on a Canadian bootleg uh which are of much lesser quality Canadians love Mr. Belvedere oh they do and why not he's that lynn (laughs) they love jolly they love jolly fat englishman he was great it's but it's it's set in pittsburgh oh it's just so raw gritty
1: oh that's steel town baby
0: yeah you 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 got to uh it's the last place
1: you would expect to see something like a snooty butler
0: oh yeah you wouldn't expect it there not uh oh yeah that was um sportscaster uh,
1: bob euchre baby oh yeah
0: oh yeah (laughs) Of Cleveland Indians fame, George and Marsha. and uh, then we've already covered Young Wesley. Then there was Kevin, and um, oh, was there? We we've already talked more '80s sitcoms than we have Harvey. This is, this is true, <laughs> but I, I kind of I'm I okay knew, with it. I knew when Mr. <laughs> Belvedere came up, I was like, I'm not going to be able to help myself. There, it's Mr. Oh Belvedere. no, I, I've I have led you down a tangent that you can't possibly resist. No, Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> Is probably one of, if not my favorite, '80s sitcom ever, because it's just so great. He's just the best. The Owens family. It's a, it's oh. a good. It's a good theme. It's a good theme song. Oh, it, Leon it. Redbone. Oh man, <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that. Everybody oh knows God. him as the Snowman from Elf. I know him from all commercials, the detergent and uh, Mr. Belvedere's theme song. Detergent. <laughs> Back in the back in the eighties when they had that. Guy. Is that his IMDb four? <laughs> the it should be. If it's not, it, it darn well should Detergent be. Detergent commercial. There's the just like a lot, lifter. A, that's all. Oh, a man, Tide that logo. <laughs> that little balding guy with the glasses who would take things. He'd put them. Well, in the what washer. about the
1: Isuzu guy who's
0: also on Empty Nest?
1: I mean, oh, what Joe Isuzu. You know? yeah. Joe Isuzu. <laughs> he was great. appropriately named. He was yeah. fantastic more 80s sitcoms for you yeah. well, this, we gotta change formats man
0: because <laughs> well, i believe empty nest wasn't that a spinoff of uh, the golden girls
1: golden girls yeah yeah
0: <laughs> it absolutely was oh yeah. i know my 80s sitcoms hey, oh yeah, same. that's right kids same we should <laughs> we should do it we should you should have a we're, third spin-off. we're hip start with this uh, <laughs> you started with bit geek uh, then we got uh, to the cinemasters now we need yeah. that we we need our own 80s sitcom brand we, there's still time. We, we could, t- we do could it. totally do it. We'd start recording we, two of these a week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> in which we'll just start talking about movies on yeah. our 80s sitcoms. we'll get to podcast. the 80s sitcoms like,
0: hey, I was watching this really great movie the other day. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> All the right, 50s. all right, back in <laughs> I, I did uh, the the two uh, the other thing he he uh, he directed the bishop's wife. This Henry Koster, the guy directed Harvey. Okay, also okay. directed the bishop's wife was which was the precursor to uh, the preacher's wife with Denzel Washington mm-hmm. and Whitney Houston. Two things about him that I really liked when I was when I was reading him. He was forced to flee Germany because he was a German in Germany. He was forced to flee Germany after he punched uh-huh. a Nazi in the face who insulted cool. him inside a bank yeah man he, he there was a, there were nazis it was a hero it wasn't the nazi regime yet because i think it was like the late 30s when this happened yeah but this this nazi was insulting the director of this movie henry coster inside of a bank <laughs> and he he punched him in the face and the guy that owned the bank knew henry well just stuffed a bunch of money into his jacket pocket and said you got to get out of here and he left he left Dang. the country then <laughs> And he went to Budapest. He went to, I want to say, somewhere else, and then he came to America.
1: You will never direct a movie about a large rabbit, and your movies will
0: suck. <laughs> Screw you. I'm going to America. <laughs> Punch. Punch. <laughs> and he, he also oh, uh, he discovered uh, Abbott and Costello. Had we not no had this guy, we would That's not a have Abbott and Costello. That's a great fact, yeah. I was like, huh. He, was, he saw them doing Talk about schtick. your
1: little... He, he was just like a little fat Hitler, if you think yeah. about it. <laughs> it's just like a little pudgy Hitler. <laughs> Same mustache.
0: Totally. I mean, this, this was great. It's like we wouldn't that have. That was the facial hair of the German. Basically, the Germans. The, it's the Germans. <laughs> <sighs> Hurry up, Tommy, before the Germans get here. Um, so let's see. We uh, covered the writers. Mary Chase. Um, yep. Oscar Brodney, he was also credited with it. Um, he also wrote The Glenn Miller Story, which was another Jimmy Stewart movie. And then Miles Connolly was uncredi- an uncredited contributor, so no one cares. Uh, they listed him. We'll
1: back up just a second, He's uncredited. Bub. He's an uncredited
0: okay. contributor, so I don't <laughs> know why you're even putting him on there. I like whatever. I don't know. No one cares. Sorry, Miles. He's somebody's <laughs>
1: nephew. He's the best boy. He also. could have been a
0: hobo. We don't even know. He could have been. I could have
1: been. I could see him with little fingerless gloves.
0: I I looked this faceless person. This I looked for eight seconds person. at his uh, at his IMDb <laughs> page and said, "Yeah, I don't even care." Don't even and care. got terribly bored. Like, I can't handle this. Um. Mm. So we got we got the uh, we got the cast. Uh, clearly, we've we've covered Jimmy Stewart as Elwood P. Dowd, mm-hmm. our main character, uh, Josephine Hull, our hero. Vita Louise Dowd-Simmons, um, mm-hmm. her daughter, uh, played by Victoria Horn, Myrtle May mm-hmm. Simmons. Myrtle May. What if, that's a 50s name right there. Oh, yeah. Um, she she reminds me a lot of a fair-haired olive oil from, uh, <laughs> from the Popeye. From Popeye? Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> if, if Popeye's main squeeze was a blonde, she'd have been Myrtle yeah, May. Yeah, I could see that. Sure. She did have an uh, olive oil kind of... Posture and demeanor. Yes. Um, William Lynn played Judge Omar Gaffney. He was the mm-hmm. uh, legal counsel for the Dowd. Now, Simmons what family. was
1: wrong with his voice? Like, his voice was distracting. I, he, uh, I <laughs> Was that
0: played for comedic effect, or was it just I, really how he sounds? That's, that's one of those things where, um, have you ever uh, watched the original 12 Angry Men? Not the one with Tony Danza?
1: Um, um, with uh, I, Henry I, wa- Fonda. I yeah, you know, yeah,
0: in a, in like a classroom, maybe. Yeah, it's a uh, there's because I swear the guy who did the original voice for Piglet from the old Winnie the Pooh cartoons, <laughs> uh-huh. I think he was in there. But it's, it's one of those okay. like, I feel like that was a thing from back in the day. Is like, yeah, um, if if you and I don't know if William Lynn did it's or like not. it's like
1: he was putting on like a radio voice or something. Yeah, it, weird. it
0: felt like there was like. I kind of sound like this, almost, almost like if you had, um, like I know Bobcat does it for like a, you know, it was kind of a, a more of a, a character. Um, uh-huh. So it wasn't just like his normal voice kind of amplified in right. a particular fashion. But that's it right. kind of had that same feel to where it's like, okay, I don't feel like you run around talking like this all the time. This seems no.
1: very like, eh, why
0: would you talk like this? Oh, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what like what is wrong with this guy? No one talks
1: like that. Are you are you in a Looney Tune? Like are you, who who are you? Mel Blanc? Who is this? Yeah, I don't know. He
0: he, he kind of pulled me out of all the scenes. <laughs> like, wah. <wow. laughs> yeah. He and I think I think I think it worked well that he was not in a lot of scenes uh, yeah. because of that fact. Well, he was Vita's like accomplice
1: yeah. mostly, which she was like the person that she would run to when she
0: needed a man to <laughs> and he he was he was kind of like he was very wishy-washy in how his, he played his character too because you know he yeah he, like when she called him up he almost seemed like oh hey oh you're calling hmm i right. love it when you i love it when you call What what do you what do you yeah. need what and uh and towards the end it's like yeah don't call me with this nonsense again it's like, it's like a, <laughs> a day's worth of mild trouble like what like you had to come Pretty over to the much. house a couple of times, and then out to the Chumley's. Yeah, rest, we learned like, that like Elwood hangs out in his office quite a bit, and he's a f- he likes the boy. Yeah, I, like, I like the boy. It's like, do you? Because you're trying to have him committed to a sanitarium. Yeah, you you're right. He is a bit wishy washy. I was like, st- I don't usually have people that I like committed to mental institutions. <laughs> yeah, <You laughs> no. I really like this guy. Uh, where do you need me to sign for him to stay here forever? Yeah, he clearly had
1: like a regretful romantic relationship with Vita. Yeah. Back in the day and he's been he's paying for it every day since that
0: happened, you know. You you could almost say he's he's living la vita loca. You could say that if you if you wanted yeah. to. Oh god, I'll just do whatever you say if you just stop calling. Yeah. <laughs> I swear if you call one more time, I'm just going to blow my brains out right here in this office. I'll just
1: yeah, sure sure I'll come down and oh my god you were fondled in a nut house i'll uh yeah I'll come down and def- uh, and, and and represent you
0: down <laughs> show them for a hundred million dollars yeah oh that's
1: little 1950s of money there but
0: good lord uh, all right so so we there was the judge and then uh, then I kind of bounce then we've got kind of our uh the other half of the characters, because there's some minor characters. There's a uh, Mr. Crackers at Charlie's, and you know we got a couple yeah. of cab drivers. Some kind of you know intermittent characters that don't necessarily need a lot of mention. But then we kind of have yeah, these
1: are just like acquaintances of yeah. Elwood who he just kind of befriends random characters, often of um, you know, kind of lower status yeah. working class. Uh, he, he has non
0: desirable, like ne'er do well types. <laughs> he has this air about him that he'll talk to anybody. Like, even when yeah. he's like, Oh, I always have the best time, no matter where I'm at. Oh, who look I'm at this with. fence. That's a really interesting fence you yeah. built there. How'd
1: you like to come have some dinner at my house tomorrow? <laughs> it's like, Hey, I know we just met. Would you like to come to
0: my house? Here's my card. If you need to reach me, it's you want to just come aggravate this shit out of my sister? <laughs> It's like, it's, it's when I was like, those are, those are some of the things that I, I like. It's because it does lend itself towards a certain amount of comedy when you view some of these things through a 2021 lens where you're like, yeah, you're like people. Oh, go, I see you're plunging a turd there. You're really working hard. Uh, how'd you like to
1: come by and have some dinner at my house? The tomorrow idea night?
0: that he's, he's just so happy to be himself and let people yeah, know who yeah, he yeah. is. Like, Hey, here's my card. Right. Where oh, he's got lots of cards made up. In in this day and age, people are like, You mean I can go online and no one will know who I am and I could do all kinds of destructive things and <laughs> yeah. no one will ever be able to find out that it was me? Oh, that's so great. I love the anonymity of, of no one knowing who I am or where they sure. can find me. Sure, sure. Yeah. You you can just Facebook anybody nowadays. Yeah. Um, what'd you
1: say his name was? Oh, here's his last fifteen years. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is everything. He's I mean like this guy is not it's like he just posted his social security number on Facebook. What? Because oh, somebody God. asked. Oh my gosh, Elwood. Uh. It's a destructive thing to do. So God, that's Elwood at uh, at <laughs> Chumley's Rest, which sounds like such a you know magical place. <laughs> Chumley's Rest sounds like a bait store. almost. Yeah. Welcome to Chumley's Rest. Yeah. Nightcrawlers are on sale this week. <laughs> two for two for one. Woohoo! The perch sure are Biden. So we've
1: got, uh, yeah, the sanitarium workers are yes. kind of like their own little cast, in, yeah. them, in them in themselves. We've, it's like the other play, you know. Like yeah, it's, it's like the, the other half of the cast. It's like we've got right.
0: Elwood's team, <laughs> and then we've got Team Chumley, and uh, <laughs> I like that. And so, leading up, it's like a clearly, supermarket sweep episode, <laughs> clearly leading up, Team Chumley <laughs> is Doctor William Chumley played by Cecil Kellaway. Mm-hmm. Some people might say Cecil, I've always preferred I would, Cecil.
1: I would say Cecil. I like Cecil. Cecil I'm Kellaway. I'm good with Cecil. I'm pro Cecil.
0: He was also in the film Guess Who's Coming to Dinner with Sidney Poitier. Oh. So he's got he's been rubbing elbows with some uh, big celebrities there. Good old Saipo. Yeah. Um we've got Charles Drake who played Dr. Raymond Sanderson. I put down here. Uh, he was in an episode of Mannix in 1967, <laughs> Ooh. where he played the character wow. Adam Pearson, very similar to no, my name, just without a similar. T. It's yeah. Pearson, P I E R S O N. So it's like, oh, it's almost the same name as mine.
1: Wonder how he feels about Deadpool,
0: Doctor Raymond Sanderson.
1: <laughs> yep, he's a card. Then we've got. He, uh, he's definitely a guy that. Well, I mean, I don't wanna well, we I, I don't know if you wanted to talk about these guys individually. Yeah. If we can talk about the characters, we're just as, we're
0: rolling. Because yeah. once once we well, get past this, then I really just kinda have the film broken down by little titles that I gave for kind of each of the scene changes so that we can kinda go just kind of walk through it.
1: Well when when we first meet Doctor Sanderson, he, he's kinda like the front facing doctor, I guess, for the sanitarian yes. he uh he's who Vita talks to first, and he's very kind of cold. He is. And yes. especially he's cold to Miss Kelly, who you haven't mentioned yet. But Peggy Dow. Uh, Peggy, yeah, she's cute. I like her. She's, yes. She's definitely a, a cute cute lady. Um, but he's like a dick. He's like really a dick to her. And you kind of get this sense that there's maybe a possibly some history between them, and he's just like so cold and an a-hole. And he really, it's not until after he meets elwood um that he kind of changes does like an about face and character and he kind of becomes like this charming like 50s leading man really yeah <laughs> well, uh, um, but i it, to me it was just like really weird that he would just go from this like total douche to like this really charming and charismatic
0: dude like in a matter of a meeting because he has, like, he has this really kind of, I mean, it's almost like he like he's got this, uh, I'm trying to think who I would compare. Like, he's he's like a poor man's George Papard. Like, when you think about George Papard in uh, um, Breakfast at Tiffany's, mm-hmm. he's got kind of like, a, you know, a poor man's version of kind of like this, you know, just stone, the stone face. You know, kind of good looking, you know, leading man kind of guy. But yeah. there's just no substance to him. It's like, it's no, not there's to, not much to him at all. <laughs> but like, once you get that, once you get that intimate setting with, uh, like, it, it kind of gets some seeds planted in the scene where, like, they're, he and, and uh, uh, Miss Kelly, they're talking to Elwood in, in the office where they're both, kinda like, after he leaves and they're kind of reveling, you know, he was a real nice guy. I really like yeah. that. I really like that fella. He's a good chap. He's an affable yeah. chap. Affable indeed. <clears throat> but then, then you've got then you got the other you've got the uh, the aggressive uh, arm of the Chumley yeah. team. Chumley, the guy
1: who the the guy who carries the net. Yeah, <laughs> like Martin Wilson, a, yeah. <laughs> old Marty Wilson,
0: tough he, as nails. Definitely was a he was an abrasive fellow. Played by the uh, the lovable Jesse White. He was in an episode of Seinfeld. Was he now? Which episode? The Cadillac as Ralph. The Cadillac. Yeah. The Cadillac is that the one where like? Um, I think it's the one where Jerry gives his dad a Cadillac. Oh uh, oh
1: hmm. So at the it, it, so they're down in Boca, Del Boca Vista. Del homes? Boca Vista. Like one of, yeah, one of those. Because I those think actors? this is one
0: of the guys that lives down there. Like I think he might have a line or two in the in the episode. Okay okay and if, if you google it Take there's the a pen if you <laughs> jack yeah uh, i know it's not him but if if you google if you google him you, there's a split image of him i think from uh harvey and then him and you're like oh okay yeah i wouldn't have known that okay. otherwise but um, okay i was like oh he was in an episode of seinfeld that a yeah. lot like when you was going to try and find okay what is interesting like some like uh, Myrtle, May, I was, Myrtle was in like five movies, and that's it. Uh-huh. You're like, oh, and same thing with uh, with Josephine holtz like she won an Academy Award for this, but she was really, she was literally only in like five or six movies in her entire career. So huh. this, it was like, and the ones are like, oh yes, this one from 1939. Know, everyone's goes, like, oh yeah, I know that one. It's like, no, you don't. That's like, <laughs> from the 30s. So clearly,
1: you don't know that movie. I mean, no, clearly. Um, Do they have sound? I don't even
0: <laughs> think so. I think
1: just in life, in general. Well, she's older, some. too. I mean yeah. she's, she's she's an older... She's an old older, broad. She's an old... Yeah, she's an old broad. <laughs> she's a white broad. She's, white broad. she's an old white broad.
0: She's an old white broad just like us. Um, and then, I, I just because I, I liked both his real name and his name on screen, he's not a, a, a vital character of the movie, but Clem Bevins... Played Mr. Herman Schimmelplatzer, the <clears throat> operator of the gate.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a sweet old fella. Just a, just a, he, an old, an, a good old fella. He's he's like the um, he's like the um, Stan Lee of the fifties. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a kindly old pappy sort of fella. Yeah, just an old pappy. He's, he's the inventor of the motorized gate.
0: Yeah, much. which it's one of those like I kind of feel like somebody else might have, you know, figured that one out. Like yeah. I, I feel like we might have had. I mean, motorized this is the fifties. This is like highly technical. Like, like I put the sure. gears together myself. <laughs> when I push it like this, it opens. When I push it like that, really? it closes. Oh my goodness! This nineteen fifty. Who's going to Google that? I mean, yeah, nobody's going to fact check. No that No one, one man. can even try to Google that.
1: Wait a second. Let me pull out my nineteen fifties iPhone. Here yeah. and double check your. You know, check what you're saying here is true. That would
0: be anachronistic because there's no such thing as a 1950s iPhone. <laughs> and then the just last like one,
1: pull out a mirror and look into it.
0: The last uh, uh. credited character, because he's actually credited and has an IMDb page, is Harvey plays himself. Oh, so I just really? I like I liked that they did that. I like that there's a yeah because at the end of the movie they credit Harvey as himself. So. In, oh, on okay. IMDb, you can click on Harvey. It's the only credit he has, but it's Harvey plays himself, which I just thought was kind of fun.
1: That's yeah, kind of cute.
0: So, yeah, so Harvey was the the final. Harvey's credited. the final credit. He's yeah the last one of the cast that I was going to mention. So now, now we're just this is we're to the film. We are in film okay. territory now. So cool. I just kind of as as each scene was going along, um, I just kind of you know kind of gave it a little a pithy little title. So that I'd know, I was like, okay, this is just the. I, I like pithy pithy titles are are fun. Yeah, it's like it's it was like the first one, just meet Elwood, and he's walking out, and I, I I like I like the opening because you've got this guy. I think it's really just mostly to establish what kind of character Elwood P. Dowd is. You have this this uh, telegram guy rides up on a bike three forty eight. Is this three forty eight? That sure is. <laughs> Got a special delivery here for Elwood P. Dowd. Well, Dowd, that's me. Here, let me give you one of my cards. That won't be necessary. Just sign here, sir. And he gives him the special message, and then he just rips it up and walks away. Yeah, he just (laughs) rips it up and, and like, what was that? It's like, okay. (laughs) That could have been a check for, like, $2,000. It's when I was like... I had to just like okay, this has to just be like he's just in his own little world. Kind of here's here's Elwood Dowd. Here's everything you need to know about yeah. Elwood Dowd. Right out of the gates, just just walking along with Harvey. He, yeah, he he's he he's got nothing
1: on his brain except getting to the bar with Harvey. <laughs>
0: And it, it's it's funny. I mean, like the the rules for film. I think there's only. I think you only actually see him taking a drink one time in the entire film because they're not actually allowed to show him being drunk. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And so it's it's funny because there are a number of scenes where he's suggesting they go get a drink, or they're in a bar and they've just been oh, given for sure. drinks. So it's like it feels like he should really should be kind of this lush, but the I mean, because of how they had to play the movie, it's like he's stone cold sober. Ninety nine percent of the film, and so it's right. just kind of this funny, you're like, well, he's always in a bar, but he doesn't ever seem to be drinking anything. I think he just likes. Yeah, the atmosphere. you're right.
1: I mean, he he should be like one of those like red nosed alkie's. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, hey, what not-
0: are you talking about? Eh, yeah, charmed. Down, this is my down. friend Harvey. He's <laughs> he's a six foot three and a half inch rabbit. Right. <laughs> and he's gonna tell you what for,
1: partner. Yeah, you you see him kind of like walking through town, like a small town, I guess. And he's kind of, you know, he he's just like walking along with his arm up raised, like he's got like like he's kind of leading Harvey around, yeah. By the you know, like pushing him around. Like who who walks with a person like that? I really found that like an interesting pantomiming way of yeah. Letting the viewer know that he sees this rabbit and he's just like, I, 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 it's just gotta be to show where he thinks Harvey is Yeah, really because nobody walks around like
0: that. Well, and, and even because it's such, it's such a, a a point uh, of contention when they're talking about Harvey throughout the film, I think it comes up two or three times that he's six foot three and a half inches tall. He's like, let's, let's stick to the facts here. Um, He's a very large rabbit. What's funny, I I believe Jimmy Stewart is six foot four. Um, And so one of the things that he did just, you know, to kind of navigate that space is he himself just pretended that Harvey was six foot eight. So that's why he's always looking up when he's talking to him. Because, like, if he was six foot three and a half, he would just be looking next to himself. So that looking up was really more to be like, okay, Harvey's in his mind was six foot eight so that that gave him some sort of uh, yeah because six
1: foot three is is way taller than the average person so yeah yeah interesting point
0: so uh, i just uh, they he's he's out and about he's doing his business and then you've got vita and myrtle may they're watching out the windows like is he gone is he gone is he gone and i like that they're trying to be like super secret like oh good let's take off these robes that we clearly, I guess were fooling him with <laughs> that we must have interacted right. prior to him leaving the house. Yeah. And so like, oh, to-
1: it's such a, it's such a play. Yeah. Scene. Exactly. You know, like, you know like, like really the movie starts off so slow for me and like, I'm watching like this opening scene where, where Vita and her daughter Myrtle May are, plotting to get, you know, Elwood out because I guess they're like these socialites who want to, and Vita's like fixated on getting Myrtle May like a a fella, I guess. Yes. She's she's got, they're hosting these dinner Socially in.
0: She's got to be in the social crowd so that she can find a man.
1: Yeah. So they're, they're, you know, like they're just sort of interacting with one another, uh, and they're just sort of letting you know that, I, I guess you get a little bit of backstory about Elwood. Like he's only been like this for a little while. Yeah. Um, and what what is it that I might be skipping around a little bit? But like, their is it like Vita's maybe sister or something? But like, it, it she's like she's like a relative to Elwood too.
0: Oh, like they're uh, uh, Their aunt. That shows up. Yeah, our, is
1: yeah. It, Right. So she she clearly hasn't seen Elwood since yeah. he started seeing Harvey, I guess. Cuz like she she's like really looking forward to seeing him and they're like kind of they don't want her to see him cuz they want her there cuz she's a status symbol, you know. Aunt Ethel Chauvinet. Yeah. And so like it is it is interesting cuz I he 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 isn't he hasn't always been this way and uh, that 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 information kind of gets disseminated a little bit later on, but uh you know I, and I don't you know you're you're clearly moving forward here in this in the scene, but i I just found like the first me personally, I just found like the first thirty forty five minutes of the movie just like so dreadfully slow.
0: <laughs> it, it does uh well because so much of it is 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 unrelatable too. I mean like, you know, it's it's like the idea of their the, you know, oh, we're going to be entertaining the Wednesday Afternoon Club and it's like yeah. About and like and especially like once they're there it's like it's just a bunch of really overly dressed ladies sitting in a parlor listening to a woman sing it it's like yeah. This is what you do for fun? I don't right. care that it's 1950. This cannot be fun. This is the Super Bowl for 1950. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> And like, because there's, I mean, you know, she's, what I really enjoy about all of it is the fact that she's like, all right, it's this big covert operation. Elwood's gone. Now we can have this party that I put in the paper. (laughs) I put it in the paper that we're having this party. Uh Whole town, don't tell Elwood. Right. Anyone with a newspaper, please don't pass this along to Elwood. Like, yeah. uh, that's not how you but throw it a secret party. it doesn't even seem
1: like Elwood would care or mind that they're hosting a party. Like he would no. probably just be like, "Like, don't you just feel like they could say, hey, uh, hey, Elwood, could you and Harvey go hang out at the bar this afternoon?'"
0: Yeah, and be like, "Oh yeah, uh, the bar is a great idea." You know, because they're like that is clearly what he's going to do anyways. Is like instead of no. having, because then you're like, "You, I'm going to call Judge Caffney." It's like. <laughs> It's when I was like, okay, again, I, I think to your point, this goes more towards that that play treatment where it's like, all right, we have to find a way to introduce Judge Gaffney because yeah. he's going to be a part of this at some point, and we need everyone to know who he is early on enough. So it's like, all right, I'll call him and see if he can get someone to And keep send my boy over there, yeah. It's like, <laughs> ah. And he's like... So then he picks this guy, and he's like, oh, I need you to, and he's like, all right, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. You need to go find this guy, and you need to." Do, and I'm going to give you the most vague description, and then, <laughs> only after I've given you a very vague description, I will tell you his name. It's like, <laughs> oh, not Elwood Pete out. No nah. like, what? I mean, it's not like he's got leprosy. It's like he's that yeah. guy that talks to the rabbit. I couldn't. Oh, handle that, that. Nut
1: bag, Yeah. Oh, not him. And it was like,
0: he's like, maybe and I
1: love how his mission—like he steps out and then like just immediately fails. Like, like
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll take three steps and go down the stairs. No, no, hold the elevator. Wait, the entire floor is covered in soapy water. Like, right? <laughs> is this a bad America's Funniest Home Videos clip?
1: that that felt so weird he just like slams into the door to the doctor's office yeah it's
0: like uh what i was like and that's that's the the you know oh the comedy of
1: errors that that was just like high concept comedy like that was your jim carrey moment right
0: there. (laughs) it's like oh no it's like because clearly judge gaffney thinks he's got a man in the case there's no way that elwood's coming back home for this surprise luncheon yeah um but I, I like because this it's right after that scene, um, is when Elwood's doing that little walk into the bar. And the only reason I note, noted it is because he's got this really upbeat theme music playing that I really enjoy. Like do, 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 do. I didn't like, notice that. <laughs> there's just like this it's it feels like there's this little band that's just following them playing like upbeat tunes as he's walking down the street. And I just <laughs> like it. It's like it reminds me of Nick at Night, like Something out of Leave It to Beaver. Oh, my three dads, yeah. kind of shit? Some, something. Like segway like, music. <laughs> Just, oh, we need a little segway music. We're walking into the bar. Let's get something upbeat, toe tapping. Well, maybe, maybe he did have a little band playing. He could have. Maybe that was Harvey's doing. Harvey could have his
1: own band. Oh, Harvey could do that. Harvey has magical powers. <laughs> he's he's and uh, he's he's a puka. What can we say? Well, since you mention it, yeah, he does say he well, that, and it comes out a bit later. With was it Mr. Wilson? Yes, where he gets the insight. He goes, "He's a puka," you know, like he just kind of like it's this really eerie, kind of weird way he mentions it. Well, this is after the sanitarium thing, and like they do the mistaking, the mistaken of Vita that she's yes. crazy, and he he like he walks back outside, and he he gets in the. What is it? Is it Chum? Is it Doctor Chumley? No, it's his wife. It's his wife.
0: She it's, shows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just like he's a puka, you know. <laughs> and it's like that, and like that. What what the hell's a puka? That's what's what's funny is because um, Hulu a few years ago, uh, I think it may have been specific. I, I I can't remember if it was specifically for their Halloween series they did, or if it was just an. In, uh, just a, a Hulu original movie they made that was just happened to be a horror movie, but it was called Puka, and they made a sequel to it, mm. and it was based mm. on like this big evil rabbit, oh. um, which was just funny because like okay, I don't think it's I mean like they're mischievous. I don't think they murder people necessarily. It's like I yeah prefer, well
1: he's he's benign but yeah.
0: mischievous is how the encyclopedia entry goes. Which I uh, I just I like that whole that whole scene because. It's Mrs. Chumley who, she's like, what's a puka? And she walks, she right. deliberately walks over and she gets the dictionary down or the encyclopedia and she thumbing yeah. through and she finds it. And then as soon yeah. as she finds it, she's like, oh, she I'm away. late. I yeah. <laughs> What? you don't have to, That was weird. Have eight seconds to read the definition i simply must right. leave right now i'll lay this down on the desk
1: oh that's my cue and I was just like, <laughs> exit stage left so some,
0: some of those like the those are some of those hallmarks of like the old movies that that i really like they're so cheesy but i just found them to be really fun because like okay it's it's all leading up so that mr uh martin um What's his, uh, Mr. Wilson? Wilson, or, no, that Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he's Mr. Wilson. Because yeah. he's reading it's like, uh, like hey now, Mr. Wilson, or what do you know, Mr. Wilson? Yeah,
1: he he direct he he
0: in the definition it it like uh, addresses him. Yeah, and it's because because I, I think it's <laughs> I think it's really weird. I think that's one of those like you know when they're talking about a crackpot, uh, you know, uh, uh, this and that. Like I think. You would call somebody a, hey, now, or what do you know, Mr. Wilson, was one of those that, like, they played it up as a joke, like, he thinks the dictionaries or the encyclopedia is talking to him. But really, like, that's what you would call somebody as a synonym for a crackpot or a, you know, or a crazy person is like, what do you know, Mr. Wilson? It's like, ah, the, the encyclopedia is talking to me. It's like... This... See
1: cuz that's the way I took it. I took it very literally yeah. as it talking to him and like to me that's the point of the movie that kind of like got me like paint like I was I was very um passively watching the movie, you know. Yes. but and wondering like well I thought I knew where this movie was going. I I really did. I thought I knew this movie and then like that happens and then like tone think the tone changed just a little bit
0: there's there's some there's some shifts there's some pretty decent shifts in there yeah and i thought whoa there's what is this movie saying <laughs> well because they like they have this whole i mean like throughout the entire movie elwood is just going about his business as he normally would like right. he's he's doing his thing and even uh because when when he goes with vita to uh chumley's rest initially yeah. Um, cause she's so fed up because he ruined the, yeah, he, he shows up to the, to the
1: surprise luncheon and he, he, he does the thing that she feared and he introduces Harvey to all of the guests one by one. They all, and it's not like they look at him like, Oh, weirdo. They, they run away. Like they've seen a ghost. Yeah. Like it's really
0: weird how well, they react to him. And it's, it's so fu- like one of the things, cause I think, uh, I think I noted it when, um, uh, when he's when he's first sitting in the bar and he's talking to the guy who uh, is clearly alluding to the fact that he's been in jail because he was making license plates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, between him, you have him, and you have Mister Crackers, the guy that's that seems to run Charlie's. Um, mm-hmm. The there are a number of people throughout the movie that seem aware of his quirks and really like him, anyways. Right, like there's they have there's no qualms about it. So it's one of those like it's a it's a weird kind of uh, dynamic to where it's like well
1: because he's so nice. I, th- I think that uh, that's a normal way. Like I think a normal person even in the 50s would just look at that as like well
0: he is quirky, but he's such a nice person. He's harmless. And and I think I think it leads it it ultimately leads into um the, there's there's that clear distinction between types of people that I think when you get to that final speech that the cab driver gives when they're at the, the sanitarium, I think that that really helps kind of illustrate the point between the two different kinds of people is like the kind of person that's riding out to the, the place with them versus the, mm-hmm. the, the kind of person that's riding home with them. Yeah. So you have these people that take one look at Elwood and regardless of his demeanor, regardless of what he's talking about, regardless of what he's, uh, cause I, I like, uh, People people always ask him, um, what do they say? Uh, like, uh, um, uh, what what can I do for? Or like, or, you know, where he always responds, like, "Well, what do you have in mind?" Mm-hmm. And it's it's like he 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 takes things in ways that that people don't normally. He sees even outside of the the whole Harvey thing, he sees the world in a way that other people don't. Where it's like, you know, no, it's every day is a beautiful day. Like I'm but always it's like a drug. It's like yeah. he's
1: he's clearly under a spell you know like i i'm curious of what what exactly he was like pre-harvey yeah you know because well it, well it, there's the whole speech that he gives like i i was a clever man yes but i recommend being a what is it a, a, a kind man or a yeah it's, it's, a, one, pleasant it's yeah, a pleasant man yeah yeah.
0: my favorite quotes from uh from the entire movies. Years ago, my mother used to say to me, she'd say, in this world, Elwood, you must be, and he stops, she always called me Elwood. Yeah. In this world, Elwood, you must be oh-so-smart or oh-so-pleasant. Well, right. for years, I was smart. I recommend pleasant. You may call right. me. V- right, right. So,
1: like, that tells me that he was a different person. Like, not necessarily a bad person. But motive- he had different motivations. Yes, and motivations that probably more comfortably aligned with, like, you know, Vita, Vita Louise and his, yeah. you know, like his sister and his family. So, I don't know. It, it, it is interesting. And, you know, like, he, he does. He, he kind of has this, like, really, like, he has this, I'm trying to think of, like, analogs of other movies. It it reminds me of, like, you know the John Travolta movie, Michael, where he is yes. at, like, a like an angel and he just touches people in a certain way. Like no matter where he is, he just brings out the best in people. Yes, And he like touches the Andy McDowell character and everything
0: kind of reminds me of that in a bit there. Yeah. There's, there's some overlap there. I I would definitely agree with that. And it's just, he's so, he's so nice
1: and so pleasant and like always looks on the bright side and sees people equally. You know, he doesn't, you know, like whether you're, the, you know, the ex-convict or the gate guy or, or you know, his aunt. Like, it th- doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, he's he doesn't, like, he sees his house and his ability to entertain people as a way to bring people together. He's like, you know, where he, yeah. where he's, I think he says at one point, oh, you can never have too many friends. I think it's when talking about the right. cabinet, I was like, oh, I'm sure he has his own friends. Like, oh, you never have too many friends. Right. right. And he just has this really positive outlook and everywhere he goes and it's it's and i think in that same kind of way kind of the way you were talking about uh, earlier with uh, dr sanderson and uh, um miss kelly it's like after they have that encounter with him in the bar mm-hmm. there's really kind of this different tone like cuz uh, you know you you have that's that's the that's what moves us kind of you know into that second act is oh no we made the mistake we accidentally committed vita And because we thought she was crazy, but as it turns out, it's Elwood that's crazy. Yeah. And I, I, one of the things that I really like in that is, you know, we get this, the definition of a puka, which they, you know, very expertly wove into the the, the context for us by reading the definition out of the encyclopedia. (laughs) Yeah. But I liked, I liked in that whole exchange when they have, there's the two hats and Miss Kelly is getting Dr. Chumley's hat and she's like, wait a minute. That's the wrong hat. Where did this other hat come from? And then they have this other hat. It's got the two holes cut in it where ear long rabbit ears would go through. Right. And it's just it's like this. It's it's fun because you, throughout the entire movie up to that point, you're relying on this idea that you know Henry or uh, Harvey exists because um, Elwood sees him, and you know he's making those weird movements like oh no after you, and you know bringing his arm around him like you know. Here let me hold you close to my body cuz this is how people normally interact with other people. Like no. That's not right. how people walk down the street. That's weird.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, through like a large chunk of the movie, I just bought into the fact that he there he is different and he has this imaginary friend. Yeah. And it very subtly like transitions into like oh, Harvey's real yeah. and like there are there are traces of thing like there are things that happen like especially like Chumley later when he actually there's only two people in the movie that sees Harvey and most of the movie it's Elwood. But after an encounter in the bar when they all meet and talk, like I don't know what it is. There's something about this something about Dr. Chumley. Like he sees Harvey and yeah. like Harvey follows him around throughout the rest of the movie. And at that point you start seeing doors opening and closing. Yep. Like, it's following him, and, like, that was really... That must have been, like, an eerie... Like, it was eerie to me, and, like, I've seen some pretty scary, eerie stuff. Like, yeah. I've seen, you know, <laughs> like, paranormal activity and stuff. By comparison, it's it's very silly, but, I mean, it became more supernatural to me at that point <laughs> that you actually, oh, shit, there's this six-foot-three, um, you know, benign you mischievous rabbit. Yeah. And oh and, and another thing that really like kind of gave me the willies was when um you know like they're all looking for Elwood, Vita and the judge and Wilson and they all like meet back at Vita Vita's house. But like Elwood sneaks in yeah, and he's got that like Little painting. M- you know Yeah, the oil painting, painting of he and Harvey. I love that painting. So, oh my God. The the to me, like Harvey is scarier looking than I would have pictured. <laughs> it's oh, almost like the rabbit from Darny Darko. <laughs> like it's just this, it's this weird yeah, it's just this weird like anthropomorphic rabbit, you yes. know? And they're just like yeah, it's just the two of them and he hangs it up over the mantle and uh and like so that's 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 Harvey. That's what he actually looks like. So now throughout the movie, like I'm just picturing that walking through doors. Yeah. I picture that, you know, uh, you know, they, uh, I forget who it is, but someone asked Elwood like, well, how did you meet Harvey? And he talks about the story of how he is just kind of like resting against a lamppost out on the street. Yes. And they just sort of become friends. And like from that point forward, they're just, they're just inseparable. So, I don't know. <laughs> like it's a real it just felt very eerie to me. Especially like when it's like Harvey
0: is just kind of following Chumley around. <laughs> I, I just I enjoy <laughs> like when Chumley gets back to Chumley's rest. Cuz I I do like that whole that whole sequence that they have where, you know, uh Martin come, you've got Vita, she escapes from the sanitarium and she comes back home. Where you have right. Myrtle May and Judge Gaffney are talking, and then yeah. Gaffney's off to go, you know, handle something, and then then Martin shows up, and you, know, you have Martin and and Myrtle May. They start, they hit it off, and they're like, "Oh, hey, yeah." You. They they sort of become this thing, and then yeah. She, what was the sandwich? The that The egg she and makes? onion sandwich. Yeah, I, you know that. Like, old, that's the most disgusting like sounding egg thing and ever. And onion. <laughs> what. <laughs> That's not a thing, is it? Like, wh- who? what? No. Egg Throw and onion? Throw it my
1: mouth. <laughs> but, I mean, if anyone's favorite sandwich is an egg and onion sandwich, it's that guy.
0: Because <laughs> right, I think she also put a ham and cheese. Like, "Are you got an egg and onion? It's like, what? She's like, yeah, we got egg and onion. Come again? It's like, <laughs> uh, no, because that's not a sandwich, man. What are you talking about? Nope. So they're they're off to the kitchen to fix. I'm gonna fix order them. one of those next time at the drive-through. I'm gonna go through Arby's. Like, yes, I'd like yeah. the <laughs> egg and onion, please. The what with a with a curly fry? The egg and <laughs> onion, you know, the classic sandwich. Where's the egg and onion sandwich? <laughs> go to Subway. Yeah, just just the egg and onion, please.
1: Can I get the egg and onion? Does that have Does that sesame seed bun? What kind of? Can I get that with cheddar?
0: Oh, okay. Anyway, it's just, just egg and onion, guys. Just egg. And onion. Those are the two. It's not an egg
1: and onion sandwich if you start putting other things on it.
0: Do you want any peppers on that? Did I say the egg and pepper <laughs> and onion sandwich? Because I think I just said the <laughs> egg and onion sandwich. I'm pretty sure. Let's go back through the transcript. Oh, yeah. Egg and onion. That's all I said. Egg and onion. Ugh. So they're off fixing a sandwich. Right. And then Chumley shows up. And then Martin's like, oh, how could you think of food at a time like this? Said, well, you know, if you are talking <laughs> egg and onion, there's no better time yeah. than now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so he he scurries off. So now you've got you've got uh, Chumley and he's talking to uh Avita and there's oh just oh I want to sue you for 100,000. Oh no, no. And they go and that's yeah, for negligence cuz like
1: they they like strip her clothes off and throw her in a tub. Yeah, they kind of <laughs> man I mean
0: like it's what I was like, you know, like
1: throw her in a chamber and like lock the door. This-
0: even though the day ends out pretty don't well, it's like nutty still, people have rights, don't they? It's Still kind of a uh, iffy situation there, guys. Like Chumley's rest, yeah, you might still be on the hook for something here, yeah, because that's you know not cool. But uh, I do not want to go to any sanitariums in the fifties. You you have you have all these characters that are interacting in such vibrant ways, and yeah, in the, mid- in the midst of all that, you do you have you have Elwood just kind of meander in. With take his this, little music playing. Take, take this painting.
1: And then he's. Like, Unwraps it. Let me put this. <laughs> Unwraps it from the paper.
0: And then he just. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to the bar. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he doesn't even like hang it. He just like
0: no, places just it. Sets it in front. I, mean, I think it's a good place. <laughs> that's good. And that's what I was like. I, I like that it's a plot point because it was like. At no point did he ever reference that he had a painting commissioned. No, or that he was no. going to pick it up. Right. Or that. If they ever come back to it, it's just like, yeah, he just makes a stop. He's like, Oh, you know what? I bet that painting's ready. <laughs> you know, the one where I, I sat for that guy is like, No, no, well, the way I want you to paint it is want you paint me in the chair, yeah, because he sat for that, right? And artists yeah. like had to paint that. i want to sit in the chair, and then what maybe I want you to do, the artist Harvey, you know, maybe, he could have revealed himself to been the an artist. Puka artist, yeah, could have known, could have known. So you've you've got all this, and it, it all culminates. You know they're 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 on the chase for Harvey, and uh, and he's just casually sitting down at Charlie's waiting for ten p.m. for the doctor, and you know because you got uh, Martin uh, goes back to the sanitarium. He's like, oh, I split up with Doctor Chumley. That was like four hours ago, right. I was like, "What's happened to Doctor Chumley? What have you done with him?" Yeah, he's he's probably lying dead in a ditch somewhere. It's like, whoa! I was like, I I know that you've dealt with a lot of crazy people, but I'm like, you've also like seen this guy today. It's like, what makes you think that he's just? Oh yeah, he probably stabbed that guy a hundred times and left him lying right. Okay, that's a that's a that's bit That's definitely
1: his M.O. I was <laughs> like
0: you have two trained medical professionals, uh, one's a psy- uh, psychiatrist and one is a nurse, and they're both just a few hours saying that's a really lovely guy. You know, he's a really lovely guy. Was she a nurse or like an administrative?
1: Oh, she may like- she may have been. I have no idea. She was wearing, like, a nurse's uniform, but she also just seemed very much like an administrative assistant. She could have been, because they had that one. I didn't one, see you doing any nursing. <laughs> they had that one
0: nurse that was that was like, oh, she was going to give me a bath. And that, I just like that none of that seemed even mildly peculiar to Elle, it was like, well, this, this lady said she wanted to give me a bath.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was just like, well, okay, I right. was gonna And then somebody comes to the end and he was like, well, my friend here was gonna give me a bath But I guess I'll go with you instead I suppose
0: I'll go with you was, well, yeah,
1: right? <laughs> It's just so, like, affable
0: to everything So they, they show up at Charlie's and Oh, then, you
1: want to drive me to the sanitarium? Oh, I suppose
0: that'd be okay Yeah, no, that seems like a good time what you, What's going on out there? Are they having a, you know, cocktail hour? or uh, what? <laughs> He's just – all he thinks about is, like, well, think of the friends I could make there. I could go there and right? see if they want to head back to Charlie's. We're having such a good time. Let's keep the party going. Let's head mm-hmm. on down to Charlie's, and I'll not drink. Because <laughs> it's <laughs> 1950, and I can't. It's movies. But I, I like – because one, one of the things that I do like that I feel like kind of combats some of that some of that eeriness is the fact that kind of like through – it's kind of like Elwood and um, and Harvey kind of worked. It's it like all of the things that you eventually see Harvey do that keeps Elwood from essentially finding harm. Like when when you get to the end and he hides uh, the coin purse, you know. So you're like, oh yeah. he's, he's intervened so that this moment can happen, so that Elwood right. won't be given the serum. It's like he's he intervenes in ways like is he knows okay if i do this this will keep everything on the right but it's like okay he's he's going to go you know he and dr chumley are going to go play so that elwood can have this moment with uh, the doctor and miss kelly and so then they kind of pair off is it's it's like elwood keeps talking to her about how you know how pretty she is i got you these flowers and he's yeah. talking to her in this tone like he he would want to woo her Right. But at the same time, like he's clearly trying to put the doctor and Miss Kelly together. He's trying to fix them up. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, you guys would just be so much happier together. Cause I, I like when he's when he's giving his goodbyes and he's like, you know, I'm gonna miss the psychos <laughs> and I'm gonna miss, <laughs> and he's like, but not Miss Kelly. Like, no, no. I'm gonna miss all the really crazy, violent people here. <laughs> you know, call me crazy. But uh, you know, even Doctor Chumley. You know, and maybe the janitors and that groundskeeper, you know, the guy with the lazy eye. Oh, yeah. And then the uh, old what's-his-face that made the gate. Yeah, I'm going to miss him. Those are all of the people I'm going to miss. Just those people. Right. (laughs) I've listed all of the people I will miss. And she's like, well, I'm not going to miss you, mister. Oh, man. So they they have kind of this rocket, but then all of a sudden, then they're dancing in Charlie's and it just... And then even when they cut to that scene where they're in the alley and he's talking to him, and I, I yeah, he seems to like make his escape. <sighs> he's like, "All right, I'll he just." He just wanders outside, like he's not really trying to get away. No, he's just. He's, he's like, "All right." Oh, well, I just for me feel like being on. out in the
1: alley. Like something's pulling. Like something tells me I should be. It's in the time alley. for me to go this when way. When he's like looking for Harvey too, like Harvey disappears from yeah. him. Yeah, and he's looking through. He's kind of looking for Harvey through the rest of the movie. Because you could tell, you know, like you could tell and he you misses think, like, Harvey. like, oh well, like the magic has been passed over to Chumlin. Like that's the feeling I got. Like now, now Elwood can no longer see Harvey. Harvey's been passed over to this new guy. Because you know, like they, they have that whole conversation about like what, like Harvey has a power. Yeah. Like, Harvey can stop stop time. time. Yeah, he can stop time, and then you can go and do anything you want to do for as long as you want to do it. And you know, that intrigues uh Dr. Chumley and I guess from that conversation, like he just like it just feels like they're passing over. You know, didn't I didn't feel like I, I just thought them, you know, like from that point Elwood was gonna become like his old self again. It never yeah. does. He he doesn't. He he maintains that like air of that he's always had like the you know like the wise you know wise affable Elwood yeah nice guy you know like and, and then they they reunite at the end but I don't know that's just where I thought it was going like the movie a couple times like shook me like uh, there were a couple times like I just like I know where this movie's going and it changed it it, it surprised me a they
0: little bit. juked They're like yeah I know we're not going that way we're going different yeah way. I'm going to change it up. Which I bit.
1: like, which I like, you know, like I just really, you know, like I've seen so many movies, but none from this era. Yeah. I've never seen a movie this old, but, um, for a 71 year old movie, like,
0: you know, it has some tricks. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, that, that whole, um, that whole scene when they're in the alley and he's talking to Dr. Sanderson and Miss Kelly and he's, oh, yeah. ex- he's explaining how he met Harvey, and you could tell that Doctor Sanderson's trying to analyze, trying to find some way to, like, no, Harvey's just a figment of your imagination. It's a friend you had. Right. It's your right. your dad. It's what, what it's some kind of manifestation of this scientific thing that I can explain. And right. it's it's almost like you know because Elwood's not crazy. He's like, you're just kind of not getting it. Like, my life is like. You know, and even when he when he goes on, he's having that conversation with Doctor Chumley in his office, and Doctor Chumley's talking, you know, he's explaining about the stopping time, and Doctor Chumley's like, "Ah, oh, I'd go, I'd go to Akron." I was like, "Okay, <laughs> Akron, <laughs> Akron, Ohio." What? Okay, do so you want to go to the Firestone factory? What, Akron? Okay, that's what he wanted. But he wanted to drink beer and he wanted a, a pretty lady there, and it's like and he wanted right. it for two weeks. And it's like right, you've thought about this, but like he this really is, has. Like that was very you're not specific. Shooting from the hip, Chumley. Nope. This nope. is a thing that you've already got worked out. <laughs> Should we bring Mrs. Chumley in here and maybe right. have a little... no, no, Mrs. Chumley's
1: probably heard this before. Like no, Noah, uh, you oh, let me God. go to Akron. Didn't talk and, about Akron, Ohio
0: again, did he? <laughs> uh, I'll buy you another fur if you let me go back to Akron. two weeks just give me two weeks in agron that's it that's all i need it's my sabbatical it's my yearly sabbatical
1: it's a very doable thing like you don't have to be like a puka to to you know like why do you
0: have to you you could make that happen Chumley. it's like you sure could you don't gotta stop time for that one to happen you're a wealthy man of means you know it's like you uh, uh, you own your own sanitarium bub like uh, you know that's a thing they got a mechanical gate out front, you know. Yeah, you pending. employ a, a mechanical gate, genius. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> you could patent that thing and make even more yeah. money. Seriously, man. So, but you know, like when when you know when he's talking back to Elwood, it's like, oh, you've never you've never you know done that before. You've never stopped time, gone anywhere. Is like, I just like where I'm at. I'm always happy. Where yeah, I'm at. And it's like he the kind of throughout the film is like that's just his whole thing. Is like, right? I don't need any of the magic because everything's already magic to me. Everything like the people yes. I'm around the places yeah. I go, the people I see, the ones that I get to even people like, because you even have those moments where like when they're in the alley and the police officer, you know, grabs them and they go back. It's like at no point is he ever like, oh, get your hands off of me. It's like, he was like, Oh, right. I guess we're going this way now.
1: Oh, I guess seems the adventure is going to be lead me here now this time. Let's see what happens. So uh, the- oh, you are going to inject me with this experimental serum? Well, that's fine, I guess. We'll just, you know, see where it leads me. <laughs>
0: and like that's like the lengths is like, you know, even that was like the, the one of those one of those things was like Vita's. Oh no, I just want, I just want normal. See, I again, I thought that that was a
1: like a ruse. Like I thought that they were saying that that they were maybe buying him time to set him free because they realized he was like such a nice harmless guy but nope there he was strapped down with he was about to get this serum that actually exists
0: <laughs> well and and that was like you know even just looking at that from her perspective is like okay everyone because there, there was almost i mean and i i like that they have kind of that that miss kelly kind of reaches out I was like but doctor what yes miss kelly oh nothing it's kind of like right. this, shouldn't someone in the room say something about how everyone's life is kind of better because he is the way that he is? Like, why do we want to yeah. take that away? Why do we want to, you know, he has such this perspective on life that's made all of us better people. I was yeah. like, And even just, even if not directly, as like the fact that his escapades for the day brought, uh, you know, Mr. Wilson and Myrtle May together. And yeah, you know, and it's and and then even you have that. I, I like that. There's that last ditch effort where the the cab driver comes in, and you get this you get this one last glimpse. Is like, oh, you know, we need to pay, and he gives his whole little speech about like, oh yeah, I've been bringing guys out here for fifteen years. Yeah,
1: you know? that was I like that speech. That was good. That
0: that it really just and I was I was glad that it, you know they I was glad that the 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 moral of the story wasn't. You know, you don't know what you've got till it's gone, and they'd given him the serum, and he was just going to be like, No, we need to go. It's time for us right. to get home. It's far too late for us to be, you know, just something where he's more matter of fact. It's like, No, no, we haven't yet. So you, you still get that. Because the only time I think you see him be anything less than just enthusiastically happy throughout the entire movie is in that moment where it seems like Harvey is going to stay with Dr. Chumley. Yeah. And he's, he's a little really bit down.
1: sad. He's saddened by that. Yeah.
0: It's like no no you know harvey you know i want harvey to do what harvey wants to do so if he you want to stay with him yeah that's that's up you're to right you. that's the only part where he seems a little bit down yeah and so he's walking out and then uh, they get to the gate and you have that oh harvey and then him. harvey's like the little puppy he yeah, doesn't like, no, want. to. No, <laughs> w- i'd rather be with you and they does not
1: give the- he doesn't give me him- now dr Chumley must have said some weird shit like, you know, no, for him to run out like that? I'm not going to <laughs> Akron. Let's go home now. No, 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 no. Akron. Bus pretty let's, ladies, let's go. Beer. no. And then there's then I'm gonna I'm gonna the lady's gonna wear a gag and like then you know, like uh, he opened up to some really dark weird like stuff. Chumley got dark legal. fast, man. He Don't did. Ever he go really back did. there. He, they couldn't reveal it because it's a 1950s movie. But let's stay away from that Chumley
0: character. <laughs> he high-tailed uh, it out of there. He is not
1: right oh what's the matter Harvey what What do you say oh my god
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry he seemed like such a nice man <laughs> no there was a he had this wall and he flipped it around and oh good lord <laughs> like spikes and uh, wall, kinds like chains of, and <laughs> whips <laughs> the things the things you see behind Chumley's closed doors
1: oh lord Ugh. but yeah the movie just sort of ends you know like
0: they they just they wander off together happening. into the sunset, it, which it's nighttime much. or I guess dawn maybe. I it's guess like it's supposed to be nighttime. I guess well, it, it reminded
1: me of like Wizard of Oz, like matte painting. Like it yeah. didn't even like it wasn't even like a real scene. No. it was like it, it it was very old fashioned the yes. way it ended. So yeah, that's
0: I guess that's Harvey. In that's in a nutshell, Harvey, right? That's that's Harvey. It's every time I watch it, it it just makes me happy. I just—I love... I need
1: to go back and watch it without like, yeah, put it out of my head of this like weird ominous kind of because that's just how I that, that I just I couldn't help but feel like oh this movie is supposed to have like a darkness to it yeah
0: but,
1: you know. It, it's not. It, it really isn't. It's like the the, <laughs>
0: the first time you go somewhere and you're kind of learning you know you're you're you don't realize you are but you're kind of subtly learning like, oh yeah, there there's the uh there's the circle K and then you're gonna go and then you turn by the McDonald's <laughs> like so like the second time you go to wherever it is you're going again, you it's not like you're having to pay as close of attention. You could just kind of oh yeah, there's the circle K, there's a the McDonald's You kind of know, like, you're not figuring out, okay, what's this movie about? What's the plot? Yeah. It's like you just watch it. It's the painting, though, dude. It's like when I saw that painting, it was like, oh. (laughs) I'm totally going to get that painting someday, and I'm going to hang it up. I'm like, I'm going to have a house where I can put it over. you should totally do that. Put it over the mantle. In that oil painting style. Oh, totally. (laughs) Yeah. Like if I it's have a, to have that just commission, class the join up. Like if I can't, if I can't go, because I know that it, it exists in like. That's got
1: to be the thumbnail. If I can find like that
0: painting, that's got to be the thumbnail for the episode. <laughs> oh yes, yes it does. Yes. <laughs> because that that painting, like I, I was, um, I've watched it with the boys before, and I was like, we're gonna have that painting at some point. Just so you know. Oh my god, that would give me nightmares as a kid. <laughs> Because it's just it's <laughs> such a great painting. It's like it reminds me. It's on par with the Kramer for me. I like, oh it's like,
1: yes, good call. Like that's the it's like the exact same style. Yeah. It's the exact same style. <laughs> I, can, I can totally see that.
0: So that uh, that's Harvey Kids. I highly yep. recommend it. I think it's one of the best. One of the best movies that 1950 brought to us.
1: I can't. I I agree.
0: I don't know how many movies I've seen from 1950, but this stands atop all of those <laughs> movies. See, we're we're giving we're giving you a little bit of class here, kids. We're giving you we're taking it back to the the silver screen, the golden age of uh, of film. 19 It really is. It really is. So that that's what you get here as, as
1: with the Cinemasters. All right, so this is the point of the show where I reveal my next movie, and for my next movie of the movie I have a love affair with is the 19, I think it's 89? Yes. Gene Wilder, Richard Pryor comedy, See No Evil, Hear No Evil. (laughs) Great flick. Awesome movie. I'll have to track a copy of that down. (laughs) uh, That is the, is it the second of the Richard Pryor, Gene Wilder? Because I know they made, there was at least three movies they made together.
0: Yeah, th- uh, they, there
1: was there was bl- uh, not blue street. Was it, streak. was it blue street? Silver streak. Yeah, silver, silver streak. streak. Stir crazy. Stir that's crazy. another one. Uh, yeah, yeah this middle, would have been middle. the third, and then they did. Oh, was it only not only you, but something you? And that that's like it. right. That's right when Richard Pryor was starting to show signs of. Um, uh, oh gosh, what what was it that he had? Um, Parkinson's. Yeah, he had Parkinson's. He he I don't think he actually announced publicly that he had Parkinson's, but you could tell from the movie the way just like the way he carried himself. Like he he wasn't that old to look that to be yeah. standing that way. You know what I mean? He just had that Parkinson's unfortunately look. Like even even in see No Evil Here No Evil, like he plays a blind guy. He he's not moving around all that great. He's very so erratic
0: and like, yeah in how he moves around. Yeah,
1: part of me wonders if like he maybe was just starting to show signs of park like was you know may- maybe he maybe he wasn't sure like maybe he didn't officially have it or something but I mean Rich Richard Pryor was such a dynamic guy for so oh, long. Yeah. And and not only like there's the Parkinson thing but he also like had you know well I mean he he had like a really bad drug Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, he was addiction. And like really injured himself in a tragic freebasing accident, which he jokes about a lot. But in the seventies and early eighties, I mean, he he did not treat his body very well. So I don't know. Part of it could have been just from that, but I'm just so used to him being like so dynamic in his facial expressions and the way he like jerks around and moves. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we two two guys we no longer have with us anymore, sadly.
0: Uh, yeah, it, that was why um, I I think I was scrolling through Facebook. I was scrolling through something, um, and I caught uh, an old appearance of Gene Wilder on Conan. Hmm. And it was just when I was like, I had I'd forgotten.
1: I think that. I've seen that. I'd yeah, he looked. How much he was I, pretty old. Oh
0: yeah, and and it was he was promoting his book. Mm-hmm. um but i just i'd forgotten just kind of like the aura of gene wilder and how oh, so so amazing like and so i was like you know what i could because it had been it had been a while i think it was back when i did um on uh, mel brooks birthday when i watched i think five or six uh mel brooks movies on his birthday mm-hmm. and i just i got a good uh good dose of gene wilder's like you know what i need more gene wilder movies in my collection and so I had put them all in my Amazon cart, and after a while, I was like, uh, do I really? And then the, I came back, and I was like, yeah, I need And so I, uh, I think there was like a three-pack that had, um, which I was really miffed because it was supposed to be a three-pack that had Stir Crazy, See No Evil, Hear No Evil, and the toy. And I was missing the toy. Mm. And I'm like, <sighs> oh. Huh. like I was glad it wasn't missing the, one of the Gene Wilder movies, but I was like, uh I still would have enjoyed. That's
1: interesting that they would put the toy in there with no Gene Wilder.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was especially like, when you could. Well, put, it's Jackie Gleason, you, Gene Wilder, whatever. Because I think <laughs> I think they built it as it was supposed to be like a Richard Pryor. Another you, I think
1: that was the name of that. Yeah, it was another fourth U. movie. It came out in another you. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but then I think I I, I needed I need to look at it because I got Silver Streak, but it might be German because um, the Chicago Expressing is what it says on the case. And uh, all the words are in German, uh, so I may have purchased that movie in German. I, I'm gonna have got to the, take. A, got the German version. The German version of Silver Streak. So I'm gonna have to check that out too. But uh,
1: all right. So let's see. See no evil. Hear no evil. You can buy that. Actually, <laughs> it's you can rent it. You can rent it on like Amazon, YouTube, Vudu, all those places for four bucks, or you can buy it on Amazon, YouTube. Whenever for thirteen, I don't know. I might just buy that because that's that's just such a great movie, and it's got it has friggin' Kevin Spacey in that thing. Like,
0: yes, it does. Yeah. So With a, anyway, a giant cyst on his face that's <laughs> was actually <laughs> real.
1: Really? Yeah, it I wasn't makeup. He had an
0: actual um, cyst on his face. It was like, oh, that's kind of.
1: But yeah, delicate. we'll we'll get into more of that of the movie's premise, I guess, when we do the uh, the podcast next week, but. Yeah, Gene, Gene, Wilder, Gene Wilder as a deaf man and Richard Pryor is a blind man. They they play uh, unlikely best friends, they they, just sort of meet by chance. They team up. They team up as Gene and Richard do. So anyway, that's been our episode for this week, the second of four February episodes you're going to get. And um, I don't know, uh, Harvey. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not upset that I watched it. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, you all will watch it too. It's. I think that's a movie that's actually pretty cheap that you can get. Uh, if I look, let's see. It's well. Because I bought your it. Time. I I bought it from from Amazon Prime and it was like five bucks.
0: Well let's worth see. your
1: time. Oh well, it's gone up in price. You can no longer get it for that price anymore. So
0: well, you snoozed, you lose. See that? Was, <laughs> they realize we've got a gold mine here.
1: Goldman. oh man those cinemasters are i heard they were gonna do an episode on harvey
0: we better jack up the price hey guys hey has anyone here at amazon heard of uh, of economics of supply and demand <laughs> i can feel the demand hey, you can
1: listen to the cinemasters of the universe podcast from from amazon
0: <laughs> see look at that they were they were search listening up and cinemasters they mm-hmm. and they said you know what guys let's go ahead that's called synergy let's market Let's market this 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 movie for what we know that it's gonna be worth after after especially after the Vietnamese market gets to it, because they're just gonna go nuts over uh, Harvey and there's gonna be a huge influx of demand and so they're just they're gonna Do you like six foot three rabbits? Yeah. Do you like black and white movies? Do
1: you like Terminal Eel stepfathers? If you answered (laughs) yes to
0: any of these questions, then boy
1: have we got a deal for you. Oh, shit. Well, thanks for listening. I've been one of your hosts, Ron Avis.
0: And I've been your other host, Adam Peterson. We'll see you next time.